Hello, this is Pastor Mo, Senior Pastor at First Baptist Church of Broussard. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to these messages. My hope is that this sermon will be a benefit to your spiritual growth and that you will prayerfully take to heart the contents of this week's message. I also encourage you to pull up the accompanying sermon notes and follow along as you listen. If you have any questions or would like to follow up after the sermon, feel free to contact me or our staff here at First Baptist Broussard. May God bless you as we begin this week's sermon. All right, well, walking with Jesus through the Gospel of John, if you're new here today, and I see seven of your faces, and we're glad you're here, you're always welcome. Uh, we started back in January walking and working our way through the Gospel of John and uh, trying to get a clear and accurate biblical picture of, wh of who Jesus is, what he said, what he did, and what he wants from us. And we've kind of determined that is to be authentic and genuine followers of Christ. So today we're up to John chapter 17. So if you want to take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 17. And some of the selections are in your bulletin notes and then all of it is on the church app. Now, if you're new here today, don't worry, you're not behind. Every Sunday is a standalone message. But if you or anyone else has missed any of the others and you like a little background on the other things, uh, you can go to our website, fbcbroussard.com, and uh, click on the uh, sermons and listen to those. And you can also uh, access through the church app. So, uh, today's message, obviously, is somebody's praying. Uh, and uh, I think we'll be able to figure that out pretty quickly as soon as we watch the little video clip that we're going to follow this up with. That uh, reenacts this part of the scripture from John 17, 1 through 26. Jesus is talking to his disciples on the eve of his arrest and crucifixion and death. So these are some of the last words and one of the most important things that, that he does, he does in this chapter here and the importance of that. He had just got through telling them, you know, about how they need to serve like him, to love like him, and now to pray like him. And he says, uh, and you'll, uh, you'll need to pray for one another and you'll need prayers because I'm leaving you. But I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. So he's just got through saying, I'm, I'm leaving, but I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. Don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. I've overcome the world. Be of good cheer. And then we pick up with this section. So let's listen and watch this little section. After Jesus finished saying this, he looked up to him and said, Father, the hour has come. Give glory to your son. Let the Son make it glory to you. For you gave him authority over all people, so that he might give eternal life to all those you gave him. <coughs> eternal life means to know you, the only true God, and to know Jesus Christ, whom you sent. I have shown your glory on earth. I have finished the work you gave me to do. Father, give me glory in your presence now the same glory I had with you before the world was made. I have made you known to those you gave me out of the world. They belong to you, and you gave them to me. They have obeyed your word, and now they know that everything you gave me comes from you. I gave them the message that you gave me, and they received it. They know that it is true that I came from you, and they believe that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those you gave me, for they belong to you. 
is yours. And all you have is mine. <coughs> and my glory is shown through them. And now I am coming to you. I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. Holy Father, keep them safe by the power of your name. The name you gave me. So that they may be one. Just as you and I are one. While I was with them, I kept them safe by the power of your name, the name you gave me. I protected them, and not one of them was lost, except the man who was bound to be lost. So that the scripture might come true. And now I am coming to you, and I say these things in the world, so that they may have my joy in their hearts in all its fullness. I gave them your message, and the world hated them, because they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. I do not ask you to take them out of the world. But I do ask you to keep them safe from the evil one. Just as I do not belong to the world, they do not belong to the world. Dedicate them to yourself by means of the truth. Your word is truth. I sent them into the world just as you sent me into the world. And for their sake, I dedicate myself to you in order that they too may be truly dedicated to you. I pray not only for them, but also for those who believe in me because of their message. I pray that they may all be one. Father, may they be in us, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they be one so that the world will believe that you sent me. I gave them the same glory you gave me, so that they may be one just as you and I are one. I in them and you in me so that they may be completely one, in order that the world may know that you sent me, and that you love them as you love me. Father, you have given them to me, and I want them to be with me where I am, so that they may see my glory, the glory you gave me. For you loved me before the world was made. Righteous Father, the world is not Please know that you sent me. I made you known to them, and I will continue to do so, in order that the love you have for me may be in them, and so that I also may be in them. Well, you can see where I got the message. Somebody's praying that somebody is Jesus, and that he is praying for us, but it's also setting into motion a pattern for us to pray for others. So it's not just about the fact that Jesus is praying for us. Uh, that is mo uh, very important, but that he wants us to do the same for others. Now, this passage of Scripture is called by many people the real Lord's Prayer. Now, every Sunday we quote the Lord's Prayer, and today we'll be singing it for First Sunday Priority. And we call it the Lord's Prayer, or well-known by a lot of people as Our Father, or the Model Prayer. It's fine to call the, the Our Father uh, the Lord's Prayer, but technically speaking, Jesus cannot pray Our Father prayer because it says, forgive us our debts, our trespasses, our sins. He never sinned. So that was a pattern for the disciples. But here Jesus is giving us an example and model of a prayer uh, that he prayed from his heart. It's 
It's called the real Lord's Prayer, and it's the longest prayer, as the scripture, as the video was a little longer than normal. Uh, he extends his prayer a long time. And uh, uh, sometimes long prayers uh, can get a little troublematic. It was a little story of a, of, of, of a family, a Christian family, and the dad worked in the field all day long. He came in, and his, his wife had fixed the meal, and the kids were sitting by him, and he had his little five-year-old son next to him took off his gloves and set them down on the table and began to pray. Well, I guess he felt a little extra spiritual or needed, and the prayer just kind of went on and on and on. And uh, the, the little five-year-old boy just kind of leaned over and said, Papa, say amen, say amen. And the rest of the family just kind of looked up shop because, you know, in those, this was back in the old days, you never spoke to, you know, a father like that. So, uh, but the father just kept praying, never said a word, and everybody kind of just kind of gasped. And that was over. When it was prayer was over, he picked up his gloves and gently tapped him in the head, put him back down, never said a word. But the little boy never said, "Say amen" again. But uh, uh, so sometimes it's a little longer here today. But it's also the greatest prayer. This is the greatest prayer that we have in the Bible, and it gives us a underlying purpose that we might do what God would have us to do and finish the work God gave us to do, his will. And two key things we need to, to know on this is that, one, we need to have a knowledge of God, what, what God wants you to do. You need to know what his will is, but you need the power to do it. And that's what prayer does. It helps us to know God's will and gives us the power to actually put it into practice. Now, the three things today about prayer and God's will. I'm kind of putting those together. Prayer is a focus, but prayer key purpose is to help us know God's will. We see Jesus gives us the pattern for prayer. Jesus reveals the purpose for prayer. And Jesus shows the power of prayer. And obviously you can see that it's all centered on Jesus. Uh, pattern, purpose, and power. So let's just jump right into it and look at each one and see what we can learn from this and how we can put it into practice so that we can gain everything possible through our faith and our prayer life and those needs. Number one, Jesus gives us the pattern of prayer. Now, as I mentioned earlier, in Matthew 6, on the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus gave what we know as the Our Father, uh, that was the original model that he gave. So this is uh, maybe a year or so after that. He is finalizing the last things he says, he gives another pattern. And actually, it's the same basic introduction pattern. John 17, 1 says, And Jesus said this, He looked toward heaven and prayed. And our Father begins, Our Father which art in heaven. So the idea here is, the pattern is, is that we pray to God the Father. Now, I'll just give you a little short theological and doctrinal uh, point here. Uh, don't get bored and don't disagree. Wait till I finish until so you understand it. But our prayers, according to the Bible and what Jesus teaches, we are to address our prayers to God the Father, not Jesus and not the Holy Spirit. Now, before you, you get upset about that, our prayers are to be God the Father. Now, you can pray any way you want, but if you want to pray according to the pattern that God has said, that Jesus has said, we pray to God the Father. But the catch is you can't pray to the God the Father until you have rested and trusted in Jesus Christ and pray in his name and authority. 
And you can't do that without the power of the Holy Spirit to link you with that. So it's the pattern here is that we pray to God, address our prayers to God the Father in the name, authority of Jesus Christ, but by the power and the avenue of the Holy Spirit. That's the pattern. Any other prayer will not get any higher than this ceiling. Because there's a lot of people, I've heard, I've heard them pray, and I, I know that they're, it's, it's pretty obvious that they're not believers, but they think they are, or they, they're trying to be. But you can pray in the name of God, I mean, pray to God in the name of Jesus all day long. But it won't make any difference if you're not connected through the Holy Spirit and you're saved and you're living in fellowship with him. That's when your prayers will be answered. So the pattern is, it's just not to some uh, a th a ethereal feeling out there. It's not to the Buddha or Mohammed or whatever. It's to God the Father in the name of authority of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the key thing here is, is that our strength and victory comes when we look to God and our total dependence is on God. Jesus is modeling for us here. He gives us this pattern that our prayers are outside of ourselves. We cannot fix our problems. We cannot solve the, our problems. We have to look to God at heaven above. It's, and it's metaphorically a sense of, of adoration, of worship, of looking toward something, looking above something, and realizing that something, God, is greater than we are, and we need to depend upon him. So that's the first aspect that Jesus teaches us in this long and great prayer is that we pray to God the Father in the name of Jesus and the power and authority of the Holy Spirit. Now, secondly, Jesus reveals to us the purpose of prayer. Now, if you remember in a former slide, I said, you know, the purpose was to know God's will uh, and to do it. Well, that's sort of the umbrella, but let's break it down. I'll give four short little points here to help clarify the purpose of prayer in this prayer. Now, there's a lot more purposes of prayer than the four I've given here, but I'm just taking what was given in this passage of Scripture. Rereading part of verse 1 again, uh, focusing on the idea that the first major uh, purpose is to glorify Jesus and the Father. John 17, 1. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed. And the new material, what did he pray? Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son may glorify you. So the very first aspect of what he's saying is, is bring glory to God. And of course, it follows in suit with when, when Jesus is saying, look to God in heaven. Hallowed be his name and to praise him. So it's an acknowledgement that our prayers, first and foremost, are not to have our needs met. Not to protect our families or protect anything else or even to, to save the world. Our, our first and foremost prayer and purpose is to bring glory to God, to Jesus. And if our prayers aren't in the name of Jesus and according to his will and the Holy Spirit, then we're not bringing glory to God. Now, our prayers are just a noisy gong. In the Old Testament, it talks about uh, some of the, the prophets told the people, it says, all your prayers and all your stuff, you know, it's just like noisy uh, pestilence and it's no, nothing of good to me. I don't want to hear it. And in 1 Corinthians 13, it says like love is like a noisy gong if we don't have love. If we don't follow that purpose, it's just mumbling to God. We want to bring glory to God through Jesus. And that's the first and major purpose. Second one flows right out of that is to know God and to receive eternal life. This is verses 2 and 3 of chapter 17. 
For you, God, granted Jesus authority over all people that he might give eternal life to those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So you see there in verse 3, eternal life and know you, know God. Those go together. You cannot have eternal life if you don't know God. And to know God means that you know him in his fullness, that you know him uh, as the creator of all things. But that also that he poured himself into Jesus and human flesh and walked on the earth, and that now he is exhibiting his power and strength through us through the Holy Spirit. So that's that fullness. If we want to receive eternal life, you cannot do it without prayer. Now listen to me. Don't hear me saying, don't hear me saying that prayer alone saves you. People pray prayers all the time, and it, it's, it, like I said, it gets, gets no higher than the ceiling. But the prayer that I'm talking about, that Jesus talked about, is a consistent, continuous openness and interaction with God the Father. Remember Paul said to pray continuously at all times? Now, that doesn't mean it, it, it would be pretty dangerous if you drove around with your heads bowed, your eyes closed, and driving uh, on Johnson Street or something. You wouldn't last very long, even though I think some people must be doing that the way they drive. But uh, eternal life and prayer comes by knowing God and knowing who he is. And only through prayer can we access the Holy Spirit and be saved. Now, prayer doesn't save us. It's just the purpose of prayer to connect us with God through Jesus, through the Holy Spirit. That's the connecting link. So prayer is vital and has a key purpose for us to know God and receive eternal life, but also for us in praying for other people to come to know God and receive eternal life. Now, uh, the third aspect is a key one, sort of the center of it. The purpose, as I mentioned earlier, is to accomplish God's will. Let's look at verse 4 of John 17. Jesus said, I brought you glory, O God, on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. Jesus is equating finishing his work with bringing glory to God. So that's, by definition, that means that for Jesus was saying, because I've done you will and I've accomplished your will, I brought you glory. The reverse of that is also would be true that if Jesus didn't accomplish his, God's will and didn't do his work, then he wouldn't be bringing glory to God. Same thing with us. If we're not doing God's will in our life, you're not bringing glory to God. And you are not accomplishing his will. Because his will is what it's all about. is accomplishing his will, doing it based upon a, a relationship, a loving relationship. Now, Ephesians 2.10, uh, Paul writes Church of Ephesus. And this is about 10, 15, maybe 20 years later after Jesus had resurrected and, and, and ascended to heaven. So this is a letter that he wrote to this church, to the church at Ephesus, but it was a circular letter read in other churches, to give them some doctrinal and theological content. And that's a key thing here. In my sermons, I try to give you some good theological and doctrinal content. We need that. We need that foundation. But we also need to know how practical it is and how to put it into practice. And so that's what, trying to balance those two out. But our very, the purpose of prayer is based on our purpose in itself. We have a purpose for why we were created. For we are his workmanship. 
Talk about God's workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So the very purpose that we were created for was to do good works in Christ Jesus, which is basically the same thing as saying to do God's will. That's what we were created for. If you're not doing God's will, then you are not fulfilling your purpose. Now, you can fulfill the world's purpose all day long. But if you want to fulfill the purpose for which you were originally and specifically intended, it is to accomplish God's will and to do his work. And then that's going to naturally result in to bring about unity. Let's see what it says in verses 10 through 12. All I have is yours and all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. Now, that's a pretty dramatic statement. We kind of overlooked that and missed some of that. But what Jesus is saying, he's praying to God the Father. Now, of course, he's praying for the benefit of the disciples around him to hear what true prayer is about and the true purpose and to understand that. But he is saying, in essence, God, Father, just as you and I are one, and we believe that you know, God, the Father, and the Son are one in essence and unity uh, and are one character. He says, just as we are one, I want my followers to be one with us in the same way. Now, you and I are not Jesus, and we never will be Jesus. And so we won't have the exact fullness of that oneness, but we will have the greatest uh, example of oneness available to us because of Jesus. Because God and Jesus are one, if you and the Holy Spirit then flows forth from them into us, if the Holy Spirit is in you, if you're a believer today, the Holy Spirit is in you, that you are in unity with God the Father, at least technically, theologically. But if you aren't doing his will, then you're not experiencing the benefit and the blessings of that unity. You can be saved, you can be a Christian, and still sin. Well, actually we all do that. But sin maybe rather often, and not doing God's will. But we, we still can be a Christian. We are falling away, we're backslidden, whatever you want to call it. We are out of fellowship. So we're still part of the family, but it's, we, 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 we kind of separate it off. And we're, we're missing out on the benefits of being a close relationship. Because being one with somebody requires, or knowing somebody means that you have to spend time with them, that you have to agree to walk with somebody. If you're going to go to a certain place, let's go down to the, to the river and take a, a walk on the park. Well, if you don't follow the same path and walk together, you'll never get to the same place. You can be nice and friendly and wave at one another as you walk away and do all types of things and join back together on the other end. But you've missed the journey, the oneness of the journey. I don't want you to miss the oneness of the journey with God through Jesus. And that requires you obeying and accomplishing his will to bring about unity. So it starts with, with God the Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit flowing into us. We become one with him. 
if I'm one with the Father, and you're one with the Father, and you're one with the Father, and you're one with the Father, then it, shouldn't it be that we should be one with each other? It means, now, it's not going to be exactly to the T that God and Jesus had, but spiritually, we can have the fullness of God dwelling within us, and it's in you. So if it's in you and it's in me, then we are to be unified. Now, it's sad that much of the Christian world, and maybe even some examples here at our church, there's not pure harmony. There's some disunity. There's somebody pulling over here, somebody won't go here, won't do that. And when we do that, we do not present a unified front to the world. They get all these different messages. No, this is what Christ is like. No, this is what could have been a Christian like. No, this is it. Well, if, if you are outside of the faith, it seems confusing when you have one group saying this is the way to do it, this is the way to do it, this is the way to do it. Now, I'm not saying we all have to do the same thing all this, at the same time. But we do know the scripture says there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. There's one way to pray to God the Father through the power of the Holy, Jesus and the authority of the Holy Spirit. When we pray that way, then we have unity. But God, Jesus prayed for his disciples to be one with God, but also with one another. And that prayer is saying with you. If you want to bring glory to God, if you want to fulfill your purpose in your life, then we need to work at focusing on Christ and his centrality and the focus on him and putting aside all our other agendas and say, well, God, what do you want me to do? And then that's going to bring about more harmony and more unity, which will give us a, a greater stage to witness from if we're all kind of on the same page there. Okay, the last point. Jesus shows us the power of prayer. As I mentioned earlier, you know, we, to, know to know God, know his will is great. Uh, and, and, to, uh, and to know the pattern and the, and the purpose of prayer, all that's great. But you can know the pattern and the purpose of prayer all day long. If you don't have the right power, it means nothing. So that's the thing is with, with prayer, it helps us to know who God is, and, but it enables us to accomplish what we need to do in prayer. So there are three basic things that, in the power of prayer. Number one, the power to protect us. So protection is a major key of prayer. That's what it says in verse 10 through 12. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. And then the new verse, while I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one, that's Judas, doomed to destruction so that the scripture would be fulfilled. The world is a rough and tumble place and Satan is, uh, uh, is a harsh uh, attacker and I think you all know that we need to be protected and our prayer life when we pray to God the Father in the name of Jesus and the authority of the Holy Spirit then that prayer puts a, a protection around us now he's not saying here that you'll never be hurt or that your fire, house will never burn down you never have a wreck or never be injured that's not the kind of protection he's talking about protection he's talking about here is a spiritual protection so that you are protected from Satan and his attacks to pull you away from God. You're protected. You have that shield. 
That's why Paul in, in Ephesians 6 says, you know, put on the whole armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shoes of gospel peace, shield of faith, the sword of the spirit. These are things that we need to armor up, and that comes through prayer. Because when we go out in the world, we're going to face problems. Remember what Jesus said in just the last verse before this, this chapter. He says, in this world, you will have tribulation. So troubles are going to come. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So the power to protect us, and it just rolls into the next one. These two kind of flow together. He protects us from the evil one. But then he sustains us to do his will under that protection. We need to be sustained because anybody can decide to do something one time or two times. But to just sustain that over a long period of time, you need prayer, you need the Holy Spirit. Verses 14 through 17. I have given them your word and the world has hated them. For they are not of this world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. So this idea of protection rolls into uh, sustaining and encouraging that person to, to follow through and to trust and to be set apart is under the truth of God. So prayer helps us to access the protection of God and the sustaining protection and power to accomplish his will. And then the third and the last one is probably the, one of the most important ones is the, is the outcome. It's what, the, the, what you will shoot for. It's the power to share Jesus to all the world. Because I want you to know something. No human, not Billy Graham, not the Pope, not anybody, me, you, or anybody has ever saved another human being spiritually. Nobody's, no, nobody's ever saved another person. We may have witnessed and testified, but salvation comes through that connection of God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit flowing into us and us giving Him glory, obeying Him, doing His will. Then we have full access to that. That gives us the power then to share Jesus. Because I know, I know uh, like myself, I have at times, and I'm sure you have, you shared the gospel, and you shared it intentionally and intensely, but nobody made a decision. Well, there was a couple of reasons for that. One is the person was not listening to the Holy Spirit who was trying to tell them uh, to, to open up. They, they closed the door. But there's other times when you share and you just can feel sort of a, an extra presence, and it just goes forth. And it's not because you did any better than you did before. It's just that the Holy Spirit has taken that and touched the person's heart, and they're open and receive that. At that blessing yesterday, I often do a lot of funerals for people that don't have church homes. And uh, I did a funeral for a family who had had a tragic loss. Uh, you may have seen it on the news. And uh, I had sat down with the son and uh, began to talk with him and, and his the uh, a former family member, uh, another family member had said that this individual, 25 years ago, had accepted Jesus Lord and Savior, and that, uh, that, she, that she was there for the witness. And the son was sitting there, and, and, and I, said, I said his name, uh, are you sure that you're going to be in heaven? Have you accepted Jesus Christ? He says, I'm not sure. 
So I prayed with him right there and he accepted Christ. And I just felt, I usually don't do this at funerals, but at the end of the message, because it was a full crowd, it was like this whole center section, full all the way back and, and another half. I just felt led to, to share. And I asked everybody to bow their heads and I prayed the sinner's prayer and I asked them to, while they could lift their hands, and 10, 11 people raised their hand to accept Christ. Now, I did not do anything different than I had done a lot of other times and didn't receive that result. But you see, it's not up to me. I'm not the, the key element. But I am a element. You are a element. God is not going to save the world without Christians sharing the good news. So if the world is lost, it's not God's fault. Whose fault is it? It's us, Christians. We're called to witness. Every day you should be witnessing and sharing. Now, you will not get a response every day, or more than likely not. You may. But we need to share. We need to build relationships and share. But we need the power of prayer for us to link up with God through the Father, through the Father Son, Holy Spirit, to get his resources in our life, to get his wisdom so that we pray for the right time. Because sometimes timing has a lot to do with it. You know, it's like, sort of like uh, driving through a signal light. Timing has a lot to do with it. If you're timing wrong, it's red, you run through it, that's the wrong time to, run through, to, to go ahead. But the process of that is, uh, let, let me read the scripture. I forgot we didn't, I didn't read the scripture here. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you and I, you, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent them, sent me. So, the idea of us being unified together, being in fellowship with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and flowing through us, and accomplishing and doing his will, is what predicates an effective witness to the world. If you're not walking in, 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 in light and in faith, if you're not sharing faithfully, if you're not in right relationship, then it's going to be much more difficult for others to come to Christ because you're not giving a clear witness. Now, I'm not saying that you have to be perfect all the time and that you have no sin and no failures, but your intent, your purpose is to seek God with all your heart, to bring him glory, and make a choice to do his will, which will bring us into unity with God and unity with one another, and then we'll have that clarity, that insight, that direction to know when and where and to who to share Jesus. Now, our life should be a daily witness all the, all the time. But there is a time that we need to open our mouths and share. We need to give them that opportunity. And that's every believer's job, not just staff and deacons and leaders. That's every person's task. So I encourage you to seek with all your heart, to be unified with God the Father, and to trust into him and to bring him glory. So the takeaway from this is God has given us a gift in prayer. He's praying for us and he desires for us to pray for others. And these last two scriptures Support that. Hebrews 7. But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to completely save those, completely 
to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. That means Jesus is praying continuously. Right now, he's up at the right hand of God praying for you and for others. That should bring some comfort. And then Colossians fills in the second group about us praying for others. We need to take the example of Jesus and put it in our practice. For this reason also, since the day we heard this, we haven't stopped praying for you. We are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. So those two verses seal for us the fact that somebody's praying. Jesus is praying for you right now. But isn't it comforting to know that there may be someone right now praying for you? And during the week when times get hard, when troubles, had a phone call this morning. One of our uh, former members' child is in the hospital and is in pretty serious condition. And said, can you pray with me? Just pray right there. The, 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 the comfort that comes from praying. Jesus is praying for you. You need to be praying for others. Because when you know somebody's praying for you, what a difference that can make in your life and the life of others to know that somebody is praying and that that unity and that purpose comes across. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes, and think about this fact that right now, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father praying and bringing your name before his throne. That should bring us comfort. That should bring us confidence and security in our lives. Whatever you're going through right now, some of you are going through some tough times, some struggles. I want you to know you are never outside of the prayer of somebody. Because we know that Jesus is always praying. But you know, we have a lot of great prayer warriors here. And I hope that you will join us in praying for God's will to be done in your life and in their life. Prayer is a beautiful gift. You're being prayed for every moment, every second. Return the favor and pray for somebody else. The more we pray, the more the power of God can touch their lives, bring healing and comfort, even in the midst of struggle. This is Pastor Moke again. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this sermon. Maybe something you've heard in the message or read in the notes has challenged your thinking about your faith. If so, our staff is here to help in whatever way we can. Or if you would prefer, check out the Faith Life tab located on our homepage at www.fbcbroussard.com. There you can find answers about salvation, spiritual growth, and getting plugged into a local church. And don't forget to check out the other sermons in this series as well. May God bless you.